You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Listen, it was a big night tonight for us. I mean, it was an Auburn-Alabama game. We'd expect it to be a great game. Bruce had his guys ready to go. You know, to be down 17 with just over 10 minutes to go in the game. I couldn't be more proud of our guys. Second SEC championship in three years here. And it was especially special tonight to do it in front of our fans. I mean, they were great tonight. I really want to thank our fans for all their support. They brought the energy. I thought it fueled our run there in the second half. We achieved a lot this year. I mean, we shoot, we swept our in-state rival, which is a big deal around here. We went undefeated at home. It's not easy to do. Like I said, we won the SEC regular season. So we still got things we want to accomplish ahead of us, you know, the guys have worked hard. I'm super proud of them. Welcome in. Welcome in to Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, along with Christian Miller. And appreciate you joining us today. Last night's basketball game was it was enjoyable, but it's kind of hard to watch. And I, I think if you're an Alabama or an Auburn fan, you're going, which way is it going? By the way, let, let's just start out with this. A lot of people criticize Nate Oates for his perhaps on-the-court coaching. He didn't say that last night. Uh, He coached a great game. Auburn played a great game. I guess I can't really use the word great uh, when you lose. But, boy, I tell you what, Auburn walked into Coleman Coliseum last night and put up their Dukes, and Alabama almost paid the price for it. Alabama could be, really, could have happened that they play Saturday for the SEC championship regular season by, at A&M. But it didn't happen. As Alabama has done a few times this year, they found a way to win. Way to go, JQ. Wow. If it weren't for him hanging around another year, uh, Alabama would have gotten a big L last night. Uh, he was just incredible, timely, experienced. The veteran on the floor came through when it really counted. And Alabama ended up winning the basketball game. And now uh, they'll be the top dog, Big Cheese, number one in the SEC tournament. And uh, I think some really, really awful things would have to happen uh, for Alabama not to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Or, uh, you know, that, that's just not going to happen. Critically, from my viewpoint, it's the best team in the Southeastern Conference, best team in the nation with the best player. And, they have played through all of this mess, and yet they were still able to defeat their arch rival, in-state rival, the Auburn Tigers, last night at Coleman Coliseum. Now, let me get to the day. Chris will be with us in just a second. Lars is off again today. I'm here. I'm but here. it is just a miserable day. Well, I got up this morning. <laughs> Are y'all like this? Sometimes you just get up, and, man, you can't crank the engine. 
And I've been slogging, slushing around all day. Please be careful. Weather's bad. Roads are slick. And as slow as my day is getting and, and, and moving along, I would not want to be on 65 southbound anywhere near Homewood all the way into Hoover. Uh, there's an accident. It looked like it involved a car, 18-wheeler. Uh, it's a mess. And I got on at uh, 65 at the Hoover Vestavia exit, traveled north, and it was nothing but parked cars all the way to the Oxmoor exit. So if you're in the Birmingham area driving around there, please take that note. I promise you something else. All of the side roads, you know, if you try and get off and go on 31, it's going to be backed up too. It's a, it's a good day to have a lot of patience. So there you have that. You're listening to Big Noon Sports with Matt, Lars, and Christian. I want to remind you that we have uh, developed our own website. I say our. You think I did that? No. But uh, it is available at BigNoonSports.com, and we also now have a Twitter account, and that is big at, what is it, at Big Noon Sports. So uh, that's all available, and that's as easy as an app. If you're listening on your car, your phone, whatever the case may be, at home on your laptop, just go to BigNoonSports.com. Hit the Tide app, and you'll be right there with us. Uh, coming on the show, and we've got a really good show lined up for you. Uh, our buddy Mick, I wonder what the weather's like in Gulf Shores. I truly do. I think I wonder that every morning. But Mick <laughs> will be with us in just a little bit. and uh, In fact, our second hour, and coming up in just a, uh, a flash, we'll go to Tuscaloosa. Actually, Brian lives in Birmingham, but we'll talk with Brian Passink who must have had one heck of a time. I listened to part of it last night uh, doing the Crimson Tide Sports Network broadcast as he is a color analyst for uh, Alabama basketball, and he will join us in just a little bit. Uh, There are other things on our docket, and uh, tune in for the rest of the show. Appreciate uh, all of you that have dialed in so far. As uh, We will open up the phone lines, too. You want to talk about the Alabama basketball game? Uh, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. I'm just going to take a little personal side road, if you'll pardon the pun. But um, I went to school at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I feel like I've got a pretty good lock on the lay of the land over there. And in order to get from... I guess what you would call the railroad track side of Memorial Coliseum and back to 2059. Keep up with me, Josh. Listen, all, all you guys and, and, our, and our folks in Tuscaloosa, listen as well. I have always used, and this is for uh, 50, dang near 50 years. I've always gotten to 15th, gotten on Hackberry, and, you know, it curves around. It's just a little two-lane street, winds through the neighborhoods there. It's a busy street, but, you know. Um, I didn't know. Josh, did you know they had put 247 traffic lights on Hackberry between 15th and McFarland? 247? 247. I counted them because I got caught by everyone. 247. I think maybe like... Twelve different stops. I think the way. I, that. No, actually, I think you're correct. But there used to be back Christian, in the day. And, and this is when I had 247. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've 247. I might have missed one. But. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about, though? Y'all, you guys are not old. I am. 
but there's two in the curve. There's four before you get to uh, McFarland. And I know I'm exaggerating, but when I was there on a regular basis working and uh, going to school, there were two. Now they're 247. It's unbelievable. Christian, are, are you, I guess you don't know because they've, they've been 247 traffic lights. Todd, Todd is our engineer and he is the man. Because among the many other things that have gone wrong, uh, I couldn't get, I, I broke my readers this morning. And if you got bad eyesight up close, it's not a good thing. Christian. How many traffic lights are there between 15th and McFarland in Tuscaloosa? I have no clue, Matt. <laughs> uh, you I, live over in that area, though, don't you? Well, I mean, not I'm, to I'm zone there. in on you, yeah, but no, you're I'm, familiar I'm, I'm with there it. often, but yeah, I, I don't count. Tra you said traffic lights? What? Yeah, I, I just couldn't believe that. And I got stopped by every one of them. Yeah, I don't it know. took me 25 minutes to get out of, uh, get from the, like, around the Memorial Coliseum, the railroad tracks there. Uh out to 2059. It's just amazing. Maybe I was just frustrated. Actually, that's probably been expanded, especially for football season. Just all the traffic that comes from Birmingham. And but they you, leave it now. They probably have it so that way it goes in stages. Uh, I, I'm going to go overboard, as if I haven't already. But if I would have done better to turn right on red at every traffic light and then go to the next one and turn right on red again and weave my way through the neighborhood, it just was... I guess, Christian, that was front of mind. Hey, let's jump back uh, on something other than my own calls. Here we go. Christian, how'd you like that basketball game? I thought it was a great game. I mean, I, I love a, a good competitive uh, game, no matter the sport. And I just think that was the epitome of an Iron Bowl game. You know, football, basketball, you name it. That, that, that just showed you know, that competitive toughness between both teams, both physically and mentally. You know, both sides were really just going at it. You know, great efforts on the de defensive side of the ball. Guys are playing physical. You know, the, the atmosphere was electric. I wasn't there, but just watching on TV, just listening to the crowd. I mean, it was loud. And that's exactly what you want out of a game like that. I think it was a huge showdown that uh, did not disappoint. And I, I loved it, uh, especially the end, um, just to see, you know, uh, Alabama's team to step up like that, step up big and really uh, take control late in the game like that. And in uh, overtime, it uh, – it was awesome, and uh, seeing them cut down that net was truly special. Did Alabama have an off night? I mean, Quinterly saved the day, literally. Yeah. But, uh, and unfortunately, now when we watch Alabama basketball, you automatically think, and by the way, the networks and the announcers, they refer to it, and I understand why. It's a very, very, you know, it is a story that needs to be addressed every time Alabama, and it will be, every time Alabama takes the floor. But uh, did did they look like they were a little uh, fatigued? Maybe for, they looked slow afoot at times. Were they fatigued? Uh, I, as I said at the top of the show, Chris, and I give Auburn all the credit in the world. Right. They played great. Notes uh, Oates coached great. Mm -hmm. But did Alabama seem sluggish to you with, with your eye test? Yeah, I, I think you know they they started off a little slow. You know, I mean, shoot, they were just, you know down as much as seventeen points at one point. Um, but they, they led a massive comeback, and uh, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. You know, I definitely think you want to, you know, start a little bit stronger than they, they have been. Uh, I think they've been just a little inconsistent as of late, um, but again, it's about how you finish, and, and being able to, you know, you know, put a team on your back, you know, Quinterly just did a phenomenal job stepping up big when it mattered, and that's what, that's what you want out of your leadership guys. You know, he's a leader. He's been in the program for a while now. He knows what's expected. Um, he knows his role very well, and he, he stepped up to the plate, 
And, and, and again, you know, they made, you know, big time uh, baskets and, and big time plays when it mattered most. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's going to be like that. You, you got to dig those wins out. You got to play physical. You got to be aggressive. And uh, you can't quit. You got to play to the, the final whistle. Indeed. And you know who I'm going to talk to about this? He was literally courtside. I actually saw him on the, on the tube a couple of times. Is um, Brian Passink. He is the uh, color analyst and former Alabama player. He'll be with us literally in just a few minutes so we can discuss. Because I watched on TV, so did Christian. And many of you listening probably did too. But uh, there was some kind of electricity running through that building last night. We'll talk about that with Brian on the other side of this break. You're listening to Big News Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Score! 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or thunderstorms. The high today, 77. Tonight's low, 64. Very windy tomorrow. Thunderstorms during the morning. Those storms could be severe. Clearing by afternoon, the high 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, uh, along with Christian Miller, Josh, Joe, Aiden, the whole gang is here. Um, Christian, yesterday I was actually at Tide. We did the show together at the studios right over there in Tuscaloosa. Um, do you get, I mean, is Tuscaloosa your home? I mean, no, you are from South Carolina, but I'm asking this for good reason because I lived in Tuscaloosa off and on for several years. Is Tuscaloosa, is, I know it's not the... Palmetto State, but is it really home to you in many ways? Uh, sure, you can you can say that. I mean, I, I reside here currently. I do a lot of you know work and stuff around here. So yeah, that's this is where I reside. I'm not trying to get too specific. Uh, I don't need the damn people knowing where, <laughs> where I live, man. I don't feel comfortable no. talking about Wait, that on I, there. I have uh, no. I I didn't ask for your address. Good, uh, good. Yeah, there's, but, there's some weird uh, folks out I just there, went, man. <laughs> oh man, there there's two two or three in the parking lot here. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I I just kind of get a feeling because I lived there, went to school there. When I get back to Tuscaloosa, even though many many things have changed, even, some things have changed since you've been there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just get a warm feeling when I go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I want to let everybody because I spent all day over there yesterday, and I just had a great time seeing friends and being over there on that campus. So uh, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm just feeling a. A little melancholy this morning, but no. All right, let's get back a, to the basketball. It definitely game. is a great spot. No, you're 100 percent right. No, I mean it. It uh, just gives you that great feeling being being around here. You know, so many special things around here, and especially when all the sports are going on, it's just fun. You know, especially and then when they're when they're playing great. You know, the the town is very much alive when there's so much success going on around here. And like I said, I mean, I'm sure you you've created many memories around here, just like I have. So it's always great to be um, in a place like that. Um. Yeah, but I tell you what really has uh, improved over the years. Uh, there are really 
large number of really good restaurants over there. By the way, and you too can advertise on Big Moon Sports. Call us. 205-342-9904. Other thoughts on last night's basketball game. Uh, I said, I used the word sluggish. Did they look that way? Uh, let's ask Brian. I think Brian's up right now, and, and he can tell us what he thinks. Because I'd rather take his expert opinion over mine. <laughs> Brian, how are you today? Thanks for joining us on Big Noon Sports. Doing great, guys. How are y'all? Doing well. I guess uh, we can go great. ahead and take Matt's question there. Did did you did you think they looked a little sluggish out there last night? I know they finished the game. They finished the game great. Finished with a nice strong finish. But uh, what were your thoughts in terms of you know initially how they looked? I, I thought. Auburn was incredible with the way they shot the ball. I mean, this Auburn team defends at a high level. They're one of the best shot-blocking teams in the country. They defend the three about as well as anybody in the SEC. Uh, And they did a good job defensively, but you expect that. What you don't expect from Auburn is going 9 for 11 from three, which is where they were midway through the second half. I think when they were up 17, they were shooting 83% from the three-point line. And Chris and I talked about it at halftime. If Auburn continued to shoot 73 or 4%, whatever they were at the half, Alabama wasn't going to win that game. And you look up midway through the second half, and, and you kind of wish they were only shooting 75% uh, because they hadn't missed in the second half. Uh, it, it's hard to beat a team uh, that defends like they do when they're shooting the three ball. Uh, and they were absolutely on fire. And that was the message to the team throughout the game and in the second half. If you could put stops together with the offensive firepower that Alabama has, uh, they could get back in this game and do it quickly. Uh, Alabama is one of the fastest pace teams in the country. But the inability to get stops is why Auburn got up double digits and then ultimately uh, by the widest margin of 17 about midway through the second half. And just to be perfectly honest with you, uh, at that point, I did not feel good (laughs) about Alabama's chances. I I knew they were capable, but when a team is shooting like Auburn was, they're just, they're hard to beat. I mean, anybody's hard to beat. You shoot 80 something percent from the three point line. uh, You're not going to lose too often. And fortunately, Alabama was able to go on a run at 18 to two run about that point. Just changed uh, the, the game. The crowd got into it. I thought the crowd once again was incredible and really took the momentum uh, away from Auburn, who had it the entire night till that point. What did Auburn do defensively? Because uh, it seems like a few teams have kind of figured Alabama out. Well, I mean, I, I don't know that they did anything different. I mean, you know, well, what was the final? 90? I mean, you, know, you, you <laughs> It, to me, and I'll take the, I guess, you know, the, the glass half full approach on this. Alabama scored, whatever, 80, 46 points Saturday against Arkansas and could not make an open shot. Uh, you got to be pretty good offensively to score in the mid 80s on a night where you can't shoot. Uh, so this team is, I'm not worried about them offensively. Um, you know, de- defensively is is where this team really thrives, one of the best defensive teams in the country, and that gets their offense going. I think a big part of it is when you're taking the ball out of the net on every possession, 
like Alabama seemed to be doing throughout the night because of the hot shooting of Auburn, uh, it's hard to get out and run and play with the pace that Alabama wants to play with. So, you know, that I don't think there was anything that Auburn was doing other than the fact that Auburn's really good defensively and they have been all season long. Uh, that part was no surprise to me. What was a surprise was the way that Auburn, a team that shoots 30% from the three-point line on the season, they averaged six made threes a game. They made 12 and ended up shooting over 60%. Uh, they did what they had to do to knock off a, a highly ranked team and to try to get themselves in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but this Alabama team is special, and when you cut down the nets uh, for the second time in three seasons, uh, there is something about winning and, and winning at a championship level that's different, and this team is a very much deserving uh, SEC champion. Talk a little bit about Javon Quinterly. He led the charge with you know season-high 24 points. Um, just how, how critical was that for him to step up like that and, and display um, those great leadership qualities, you know, just to, to be that guy for them when they most needed it? I, I was so happy for JQ. He, he's one of my favorite guys. Uh, this is a team full of guys that I really like. I mean, they're, they're, they're just great on and off the floor. Um, and JQ is one of them that I, I admire both on and off the floor. He, he has battled to get back. Uh, to come back early from a knee injury. But even with that being said, you knew he was going to have some ups and downs and some inconsistencies. I mean, that's just the nature of coming back from a serious knee injury. And the last couple of games have been his two best since he hurt his knee. I, I thought the second half against Arkansas uh, was the best he's looked. I mean, he just has that extra gear that, I mean, knee injury or not, there's not many players – in college, and maybe, maybe in the NBA, that had that extra gear like JQ does, and we've seen that the last two games. So he he's been uh, incredible. Uh, happy for him and happy for the team uh, because they've needed him. And this is a team that has a ton of depth. And to be able to bring a veteran, a guy who's a former SEC tournament MVP, uh, off the bench is 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 a great thing for Alabama moving forward. They, they needed that depth last night. They needed it all year long with foul trouble, injuries. A couple of guys got kicked out of the game for, <laughs> for uh, oh, I guess they, they, they got, got too close to a pushing match. I mean, my goodness. Uh, you know, I mean, Bruce Pearl was mad about the officiating, and I think there was uh, frustration all around. Uh, for guys that were unavailable late in that game, including a couple of key players for Alabama that should have been in there. Uh, but that's how it goes. Fortunately, Alabama was able to weather the storm and uh, get an absolutely enormous victory over your arch rival to win the championship. I want to discuss the the technical foul and Alabama's ejections and, and a couple of other things. We, I don't normally ask you this, Brian. Can you hang on through a break? Because we got to dive deeper into what happened last night, right down to cutting down the nets. Uh, I know you work here in Birmingham. you got bells, uh, you know, you doorbells to answer, all that kind of stuff. Can you hang on through this break? I'm just asking you live on the radio. That way you can't say no. The pressure, the pressure to hang on with you guys is too great, and I will, I will pull them <laughs> the pressure, and I will hang on through the break. No, I love being with you guys, and that sounds good. 
you're just deep in the corner. You're only about uh, t- about 23 feet away. You can bomb it. Now, right. if we would have lost, we're gonna take a break. On, but but we'll, I'll do it. Now <laughs> <if we want. laughs> oh God, that was a, it was a struggle to watch at times. You get seeing, looking at the scoreboard, double digits, double digits. Alabama's still trailing. It's under the eight minute mark. It's still double digits, but uh, true grit was uh, shown last night at Coleman Coliseum. More with Brian Passink on the other side of this break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter here at our studios in Birmingham, Tuscaloosa. There you've got Christian Miller. you got Josh, Joe, and Aiden as well. Appreciate you dialing us up. Brian Passink, who is the color analyst in the Alabama Crimson Tide Basketball Network, he is with us as we continue to talk about last night's game. We're going to expand it a little bit in some other directions just as far as the SEC, the tournament upcoming, uh, and a lot of things. But uh, first thing, we have not talked about this on air, Brian, um, but you have a lovely family, and Scott Griffin had to kind of take some time off here, and I ended up handling PA at uh, high school where your daughter plays. Uh, and she's a pretty darn good little player. Uh, now I see these pictures. Uh, is that her with Brandon Miller? And uh, I'm not going to go into any really great detail here, but I know you got a great family, but uh, you're, one of your daughters, I haven't seen the uh, – one of them can – she's got game is what I'm trying to say as I stumble here, Brian. Or – Brian, you still with us? I'm sorry, Matt. I'm, I'm mis- miscommunicated. I was uh, answering another phone call. Let me call. Let me call Brian right back. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me let me see if I've got more than one person paying attention here. And no, no offense, Joe. You do a great job, but um, Christian, I got you. Uh, <laughs> uh, is yeah, and I appreciate that. Is uh, is Alabama tournament ready, or are they going in shaky? Well, I, I think they're definitely tournament ready, but. One of those things where maybe it's one, you know, a deal where, you know, sometimes when a team starts off really hot, right, and then they start kind of, you know, battling a little bit of turbulence. I think that's kind of all we're seeing. They still have all the potential in the world. I don't think they've lost a step by any means. I think they're just kind of having, you know, a little turbulence. And I think that's expected. You know, nobody's going to be perfect. But if anything, now is the time to have that turbulence, right? You know, get it cleaned up now. You just, uh, you know, can, uh, secure the, the regular SEC championship title. You know, you got a couple of regular season games left to kind of clean up some more issues here and there. And uh, I think they'll roll into the postseason in these tournaments uh, ready to roll. But I think Brian's back. Brian, you back with us? I am. Yeah, I believe he is. Perfect. All right. Got, got a little background hey, noise here, picking just... up my lunch. 
Oh, uh, where are you eating? May we ask? You may ask. Uh, Chick-fil-A. Thought I'd try something different. I, I've not only had it oh. um, twice this week. So. Okay, uh, we're going to play hey, morning radio. You're on the zoo. Yeah, please do. You're on the zoo here with Matt. So hand the phone <laughs> to the person taking your order. Now, uh, we used to do stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Now's not the time. I came out of the break, though, asking about Sarah. Uh, good little ball player. Catch me up on her. Uh, I I have got a pretty good eye for talent. I, I think she's got another year. Um, but I, I know you're proud. I got to... I think I did four of her games. But uh, anyway, catch us up on her and your family, please. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, Sarah, she was uh, sitting by me last night at, at the Alabama game. She's good little point guard, junior point guard at, at Mount Brook High School and uh, had, a, had a good year. She's been a starter since the ninth grader, and uh, she'll be a senior next year. So time flies when you're having fun, and uh, she, she's – She's playing well. She loves it. She she grew up at Coleman Coliseum, uh, so it was special to be with her uh, last night. But she is uh, hoops obsessed. I have no idea where she gets that, uh, but that's the case, and uh, <laughs> that is definitely something we have we have bonded over. Any any uh, chance we might see her suiting up for uh, Crimson Tide uh, one day, Brian? <laughs> well, if, if she grows a little bit, she. She's uh, she's small, but but she's feisty. I'm not I'm not sure if if uh, she's gonna play at the next level, but uh, you know she's she if she has a good year and works hard, you never know. Uh, but right now, I, as a as a dad, I'm just enjoying her high basketball career. It's, it's been a lot of fun, and and I try to keep my mouth shut. Uh, which is very difficult, as you guys are aware. Uh, but but I try to her at least, and uh, just try to be a, a a good dad and and enjoy watching her play. Uh, just a quick observation on what happened, and ended up with two Alabama players getting ejected. Uh, it was not the most physical confrontation I've ever seen, if I can use it in this terminology. It was very Alabama Auburnish. I mean, these guys are playing to beat the other ones. You know what? Um, your side court, the rule is the rule, and the officials enforced it. You get off the bench, you're gone. That happens. Can you provide any more detail? Um, I know you don't agree, and many of us don't, that the, the ejections uh, took place. But uh, what happened side court from your from Brian Passink's point of view? Well, I didn't get to see the replay, and. I actually intend on rewatching the game tonight. So um, I, I want to see it because I, I didn't see the replay. I know this, um, you know, the letter of the law is if you leave the bench when there's pushing and shoving or a fight. You know, what, you know, I don't think it was a fight, but some pushing and shoving that you're automatically ejected. We saw that a few years back uh, in the three-on-five game when Colin Sexton took over and almost won the game against Minnesota. That one was in Brooklyn. Uh, one of the best performances I've ever seen. It was a crazy game, but guys left the bench when, and I mean, it was literally taking two or three steps on the court. And you, you know, as a player, you can't do that. That, that is emphasized by the coaches. Um, that is going to happen. So uh, these guys know it. Now, with that being said, I mean, 
let's be reasonable and understand that when there's a timeout, especially a media timeout, and you've been on a 9-0 run, every player is out on the court every time, like all of them, to greet your teammates, to, to – I mean, that, that's just part of it. I mean, you, you come out on the court when there's a timeout, especially a media timeout, when you know next whistle, next dead ball is a timeout. So guys are running out on the court to, to greet their teammates. Alabama's on a run. I mean – that's going to happen regardless of if some guys are pushing and shoving. Well, so I haven't seen it, but my my first gut reaction is, um, you know, let's kind of take a step back and, and understand that, that guys are coming out on the court. It's a timeout. It's not a situation where there's a fight. Guys just run out on the court. So I don't know. Um, I, I would like to see it before I further comment on it, but I, I don't know that Charles Bidiaco, whose nickname is Angry Chuck, because he's the <laughs> nicest person in the world, yeah. the sarcastic Angry Chuck, uh, I don't think he was looking to, to brawl, is just my my feeling. But, hey, what do I know? Well, let me ask you this, Brian. You mentioned you're going to rewatch the game, and this might be a silly question, but I'm genuinely curious. Um, what is the process like of you know breaking down film as a basketball player? I, I know what it's like you know sitting in a film room as a football player, but you know what, what is it like uh, as a basketball player or coach watching film? What kind of things are you looking for, um, and, and how does that process typically look? Well, it's different. Um, you know, it's different with with every coach, with every situation. It's you know you're, you're a lot of times it's clips of, of situational things. You know, things that, that you want to improve on, get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, breaking down the film uh, of of a game like last night, you know, how, how you might be looking at, at how you're playing certain guys in relation to the scouting reports that you could use for your next game. It may not be that exact player, but you know how you're playing a particular player, like, you know, a, a window green. You're, you're trying to keep in front of you, but also a guy that can get hot and was from the three-point line. So, you know, you're looking at those sorts of things, leading up to Texas A&M, watching film on their tendencies, their changing defenses, being strong with the ball, just understanding clips around their physicality. Uh, so, you know, th- this is something that, that NATO's and staff, I mean, there, there's uh, the graduate assistants, video coordinators, um, you know, they, they've got guys that this is their full-time job is, is watching film, breaking down film. I, I'm sitting courtside during the South Carolina game, uh, or not during it, but before the game, talking to one of the assistants, uh, not one on the floor assistants, but one of the staff members about what South Carolina does defensively. And, and, you know, he told me, but he's sitting there watching film on Arkansas because that, that is Alabama's next game. So they're trying to get the scouting report and film clipped up. So immediately after South Carolina, uh, the game plan is in place for the next game. A little different than football because you have such a short turnaround time that you've got guys on staff uh, that are not paying a lot of attention to the game that's actually going on in front of you because they're preparing for a couple of days from now. That makes sense. Quick, yeah, very good explanation. Um, we're going to let you go. i got one more question. Um, 
One of the really cool things in all of sports, uh, I think my favorite may be when in the NHL when you win the Stanley Cup and the captain hoists the cup literally above his head and he skates around the ice. But I love net cutting. I I have. And I'll tell you a real quick story when we get back from the break. I won't bore you with it, Brian, uh, about net cutting and Wimp Sanderson at Coleman Coliseum. But you were there. Uh, it's just cool as blank, isn't it? I mean, it just the whole process from the from the team manager, trainer, handing them those funky-looking pair of scissors to go up there and cut it down. Um, you've been around that, and, and I'm not overreacting. It's just cool. It's cool. It's emotional. Um, all of it. All of it. And to me, last night was even more so because two years ago, Alabama won the league during COVID on the road in Starkville in front of like nine people. And, you know, that's a bit of a stretch. It was more than that. But it, it just wasn't at Coleman Coliseum in front of 15,000 to come back from 17 down to win in overtime to sweep Auburn and win the championship. It was one of the most special nights in Alabama basketball history for a variety of reasons. And to see those guys up there uh, after laying it all on the line, not just in this game, but all season long, Cutting down the nets was as special as it gets. It's uh it's a cool celebration. I love it. Never get tired of it. Doesn't matter what team. I uh, I uh I fibbed a little bit. I want to ask you one more question. Um sure. Auburn has lost eight of their last eleven and six in a row on the road, but I feel like they gained points last night as far as the bracket is concerned. They looked the part. I don't know that they did because when you look, when when the NCAA selection committee sitting in a room and they're looking at thirty plus games, they're not dissecting. Did did you lose a close game? That would have been a huge victory for them, and they played like it. They played great. They shot it great. They played like a team that that needed that win and and felt like they probably should have gotten it. Uh, Probably would have put them in the NCAA tournament, but I'm not sure, so sure a close loss is going to help you at this point. Um, they need to beat Tennessee. Uh, they are very much on the bubble. Uh, that was a crushing defeat for them, which for me personally makes last night even sweeter. Uh, but they are a team that if they if they play like they did last night, they'll they'll figure out a way to get a couple more victories and get in the, in the NCAA tournament. But uh, that's hard to replicate the performance they put on shooting the ball last night at Coleman Coliseum. Hey, uh, thank you for joining us, Brian. Uh, what do you say we do it in uh, about six more days? We'll do it again, all right? Let's do it again, and let's hope uh, this is not the last of the net cutting for the Crimson Tide. Some more opportunities coming up. Thank you, Brian. We'll be listening. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, guys. Always enjoy it. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, I forgot to ask him how many traffic lights between 15th and McFarland on Hackberry. All right, uh, we're going to get out of that and off of that topic and come back with more of Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or thunderstorms. The high today, 77. Tonight's low, 64. Very windy tomorrow. Thunderstorms during the morning. Those storms could be severe. Clearing by afternoon, the high, 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Hey, welcome back to the show. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, I was in Tuscaloosa yesterday, which I've made note of all show long. I'm sorry, I'm really wearing that out, but uh, I'm still trying to figure out how many traffic lights there are. Anyway, uh, Chris and I did the show in studio. It was great to, to be around everybody. There's just an environment when you're there in your studios and you're live. You got everybody going. It, it, it's very, very cool. But. Uh, I just, uh, I, I like that city, and uh, I just want to tell everybody that once again. And a big shout-out to my dear friend Tom Roberts. Um, he hired me at Channel 13 40 years ago. For what reason, I have no idea, but I have benefited greatly ever since. Christian, uh, Jalen Carter was at the Combine. Um, I, I want to say something just from Matt here. But I, I often find it interesting when law enforcement decides to issue information as they did in the warrants for him. Uh, could they have not done it before the combine or after the combine? I find their timing curious at best. That aside, uh, has he become a little bit of a show in Indianapolis in his own right, Christian? Uh, yeah, he definitely has, man. I mean, you, you look at it, and this guy is a potential number one uh, overall draft pick. Not number one in in terms of round, yeah, first round, but potential number one overall pick. And he has a, a warrant issued for his arrest while he's in Indianapolis. I agree the timing is um, a little uh, – well, it's definitely awkward, but it's just kind of interesting, I would say. Um, so he – I guess he flies back to Georgia, turns himself in, uh, is released on bond, then flies right back to the combine. So a very interesting sequences of events um, that just took place. But, you know, it, uh, you know, I respect him for taking care of his business, being accountable um, in, in terms of what was needed from him back in Georgia. But definitely is going to, you know, bring up a lot of questions out in Indy. Again, they're already looking to ask you a million questions as it is. That doesn't help you out by any means, but it's something he had to take care of, and he went ahead and did that. So I guess you just got to let the legal process play out, but definitely not something you want to be dealing with while you're in the middle of the NFL combine. I mean, it's like calling somebody up in the middle of their job interview and say, hey, you got to come over here because you didn't wash your dishes. I mean, just uh, and, and I'm not making light of his involvement here. There was obviously some wrongdoing here. But let me just read you one paragraph, and uh, this is from, I will give proper credit. Uh, 
It's from ESPN. It said, it says here, he was booked on a pair of misdemeanors at 11.33 Eastern time. So help me, Christian, my feeble mind. That was like last night, uh, like 12 hours ago. Mm-hmm. He was booked at 11.33, released at 11.49. Correct. So 16 minutes. Come on, Athens. That's, you know, he probably had to get a private jet and fly himself there. Oh, he, he definitely And then he's there. F- yeah. Uh, I, just, I don't get that. I want to ask you a question as we get to the top of the hour. Uh, all of that aside, um, how good a football player is he? Great. You know, he's outstanding. He, he's, you know, coming from that, that pedigree of uh, defensive lineman that we've been seeing coming out of Georgia. You know, the year prior, he had Jordan Davis. Uh, big nose tackle uh, came out of Georgia, and then and, and now you have uh, Carter, Jalen Carter, come out of Georgia. A little bit different, uh, you know, a little more athletic uh, than Jordan Davis, but you know, a very disruptive player. You know, phenomenal frame, a uh, guy that's going to translate very well at the next level. Um, there's a reason they're talking about him potentially being a number one overall pick. So, in terms of a football player, outstanding. Um, I don't know him personally, so I don't want to speak on his character. I don't want to speculate. You know. You know, over the things that we're seeing in the news. But um, again, when you have headlines like that out there, it does not necessarily help your case. Um, but uh, I hope he learns from from the situation. And uh, again, he's got to let the legal process play out. And, and hopefully it doesn't um, damage his reputation too, too much. But I don't think it will affect him too badly. I still predict him being a first round draft pick. Um, but it's definitely something he's going to have to answer for in front of these teams. I think the NFL team that ends up drafting him will have a lot of questions for him. But I, and this is just my lame opinion. I really don't think it's going to affect his draft status a whole lot, if at all. Not Christian much. Miller, Matt Coulter, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm right there with you, Christian. We'll be back on the top of the hour. Take a phone call from Bryce and others. And the number is two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. You are demand. Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Christian, Lars taking the day off. we got Josh, Joe, and Aiden running things behind the curtain, as always. Um, hey, Christian, we ended last hour talking a little bit about the Alabama-Auburn game. Of course, Alabama win, came back from double digits. I think their largest deficit was like 17. Hard to watch for Alabama fans. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere, however, looked like it, they were blowing the roof off coleman coliseum but uh as i take the long way all around the building to get back to my question to you christian i love watching teams cut the nets down as i said i think it's one of the coolest celebrations in all sports is there a football equivalent i mean i i guess hoisting you know the sec championship trophy no doubt yeah yeah holding that over your head is is that a that's got to be a cool deal. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I can't speak on the on the net cutting. I, I haven't experienced that. I haven't experienced that. It, it does look cool, but if I had to compare it, yeah, I think that'd be a good comparison, Matt. Just hoisting that trophy over your head. 
Um, the net does just seem pretty interesting, though. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch it necessarily the whole thing, but does each guy get to cut their piece? I've seen other teams do that, but yeah. is, that, is that how they did that? Yeah, that's normally how they do it. Every team member and, and often the assistant coaches and uh, even managers, mm. uh, they'll cut, you know, how the, the nylon, if you ever looked at a basketball goal, it's kind of cool the way they hook the net on because it, it has a hook that kind of goes underneath and you've got to pull it underneath it. In order, you know, it, to be honest with you, they do it that way so guys like Brandon Miller don't rip the nets off every time they shoot yeah. and they get nothing but net. Yep. Um, there's a reason that it's wrapped that way, but they'll take the ladder out and then I think it's kind of in, in there, there's an order to this from what I've seen. Uh, some of like the walk-ons and the managers, assistant coaches will kind of go first and then they, you know, they will go all the way up to, you know, the leading score of the big play, the captain of the team. And then the head coach is the final one and they go up and, and clip it to where the net is no longer secure to the rim and the coach will grab that net and shake it. Some, a lot of them put them over their head and wear it like a necklace. Um, but that's usually it. And, I think what I've witnessed in the past is as they clip their little portion, you know, they get that one little string. Mm -hmm. uh, they take that little bit of string for themselves. So everybody gets a piece of the net, and then the coach gets the whole net. And um, I have seen it a lot, and a lot of very deserving teams and coaches. And um, it's just it's better than uh, just about any any type of celebration I've seen in all of sports. And uh, I don't know. What do they do when they win the lacrosse championship? Do they cut the net down behind the goal? I don't know what they do. Uh, but uh, you, do you have anything other than football that's relatable or that you've watched on television that you watch a team celebrate a victory and go, that's cool? Um. I mean, off the top of my head, man, I can't think of anything other than I feel I like really either, trophies. So. <laughs> um, you know, the, Joe was saying Stanley Cup. I don't watch hockey. People might be mad at me. I, I grew up in South Carolina. I've never seen hockey. I know we got, I think we got the Carolina team up in North Carolina, uh, the Hurricanes. Yeah, I've never watched yeah. them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I just think of, you know, hoisting trophies, honestly. That's why I think the net cutting is is cool because it's different you know i think any I, well all right what about the olympics in, in, in track right i mean you got the podium oh um that, yeah. guess, that's a little different Good. i guess that'd be kind of cool i don't know if that's as cool as cutting a net or uh whole, i just i'm so biased because i just think of you know when we win championships i mean they just the, the confetti explodes from you know the top of yeah. uh, the stadium it's just raining down on you you know guys are doing snow angels or confetti angels um you know after you experience something like that matt it's it's hard to to really compare a lot to that because there's just no greater feeling it's just like this massive celebration and then everybody's kind of holding the trophy and then getting to to see what you guys have earned from all your hard work so i'm biased with it with hoisting a trophy but i think it would be cool to cut a piece of that net i'm a very sentimental guy I like holding pieces Me of memorabilia and, and, and sentimental objects. So I think the net cutting would be awesome. I'd probably get a nice little uh, case or something for my uh, piece of the net. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that would be special. 
I think we still have Bryce on hold, and I'm sorry, sir, that we've kept you on through the break and, and uh, the top of the hour. But Bryce has called us here on Big Noon Sports at 205-342-9904. Bryce, are you still with us? I appreciate you hanging on. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to y'all talk. Well, did y'all, y'all really enjoy the basketball game like I did? I didn't catch it, no. I said, did, I, oh, did I enjoy it? Did you? It was, yeah. Like I did. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but it, at times, if you, you know, you kind of lean towards Alabama and you're pulling for Alabama to win a championship, it was t- kind of tough to watch, Bryce. Did, did, <laughs> did you want to shake your TV set every once in a while last night? Well, I was, uh, was, was saying some words that not too kind when it was 17 <laughs> points down. But uh, my opinion, people like uh, Bruce Pearl, and uh, Malzahn just makes you not – I don't want to say that, that word, but dislike them very much, okay? I'm going to leave it at that, the way they act and the okay. way they do things. But uh, I – and uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that the guy they just hired for the football program is going to be the same way because he's going to be one of them kind of guys that you just dislike a whole bunch, you know? But uh, uh, Christian. Christian. Oh, yes, I can hear you. Sorry, I, I think I misheard you earlier. I thought you said the Georgia basketball game. I was like, oh, I didn't catch a Georgia no. basketball <laughs> game. I, 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 that's what I thought. That's what no, I thought. No, 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 no. Watch it. Yeah, I was, I was like, uh, uh, no, I right didn't watch Georgia you, basketball. Sorry, sorry about that. So, yes, I, I, I did. Hey, I saw Christian. Yes. Did you play on the 2011 and 12 team? Say that one more time. Did you play on the 2011 and 12 team? No, sir. I uh, I got uh, to Alabama in 2014, so I was a, a member for 20 from. Oh, you know that? Okay, you a little bit. I, I was trying to. I remember you playing, but I was trying to think of when it was. Okay, so so you you're on uh, one of the championship teams uh, when we beat Clemson. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I knew he was on the championship team, but uh, and then I said, well, no, I don't think he's that old. But I lived in Charlotte. Six years. I was living there right after Hugo come through, and I was there when the, they announced they were getting the Carolina Panthers. I was down at what they call Founder Square, you know, with Nation's Bank building all that was downtown Charlotte. Yes, when sir. they announced that, uh, that they were going to get a team, you know. Oh, wow. You played, you played for the Panthers, too, didn't you? Yes, sir, I did. And, and you know that stadium down there in South Carolina was named after me. Really? William Bryce Stadium. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, oh. I'm just, I'm just, oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Chris. Uh, I was, was going to say that's pretty Bryce. cool. If that was yeah. the case, yeah, yeah. My, no, I my dad tell people that all the time. to Clemson game. Yeah, definitely. Right, I used to tell away. people all the time, man. Guys, hey, uh, your dad played for oh. Carolina, didn't he? He did. When did he play? Eighty-seven through ninety. Okay. Uh, I was living in uh, Charlotte, and I went to a game down there when uh, Alabama played uh, Carolina, and it was fourteen to seven. And I can't remember what year it was, but uh, I think it was after that, oh, because of uh, uh, you remember that game? 
Uh, I wasn't born yet. Uh, <laughs> if it was when my dad was playing, uh, uh, maybe I misheard you again. Um, uh, you got to. Well, give me the I'm, 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 do you remember that game, Lawrence? Lawrence is just a little bit younger than I am. Your dad's probably younger than I am, Christian. I think I'd have to know how old you are, Bryce. But yeah, Bryce I, and Matt <laughs> probably more in the same category there, but. Uh, uh, anyway, Matt's uh, probably always, uh, younger than me. I'm, I'm 62, uh, Christian. Okay, yeah, yeah, no. uh, yeah. My dad, uh, I've he, got. Yeah, you might have him beat by a couple years, but yeah, I don't remember that game specifically. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm older than everybody listening to this radio show. I'm, I'm going home. Okay. Hey, you remember like, Matt? Oh, just a hey, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And uh, you, you've been around me. I don't act my age, and Not that's a good all. thing. Bryce, thanks for your call, you. man. Hey, I appreciate y'all. Let me oh. talk. Yes, sir. Thank you, Bryce. Oh, call anytime. That's what we're here for. Uh, in fact, we'd like to get a lot more caller involved as we progress with this show, Big Noon Sports. Uh, in just a minute, we'll be joined by Mick Gillespie, who's uh, on a boat somewhere. Uh, I don't know, Old River. Does he live on this boat, shores, man? But, uh, I, mean, I don't. I'm not trying to ask his personal. Sure, sounds business, like but, it. Yeah, I mean every. <laughs> Every time we talk to him, he's on this boat. I mean, if he doesn't live on there, I mean, he it, it's it's pretty dang close. I don't think I'm just jealous. Uh, there's no question I am. But uh, <laughs> you know, he's offered, and uh, we can go down there anytime. He'll pull out the boat. I imagine you know if we spot him a couple of dollars for fuel, which is by the way very expensive to have a boat and just buy fuel, not to mention insurance and all that. But you know, buy him a. Uh, you know, 20, 30 gallons of uh, boat fuel. Uh, we'll get on and after it. Speaking of the man, Mick, he will join us in just a minute right here on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or thunderstorms. The high today, 77. Tonight's low, 64. Very windy tomorrow. Thunderstorms during the morning. Those storms could be severe. Clearing by afternoon, the high, 76. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hey, it's Big Noon Sports. Coming out of Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, Aniston, and Gadsden, we appreciate all of you that have dialed us in. Remember, if you'll just put our website on your phone, it's the same thing as an app, or you can put our uh, flagship station, Tide 100.9, in there so you can just listen to it on your app. I'm amazed. I had a long talk with David DuBose, who manages the Town Square Media uh, stations over in Tuscaloosa. I'm just amazed at uh, the numbers. Uh, people just don't jump in their car and listen to the radio anymore. They they hit an app. So go to www. 
Do I still need to say that, Josh? You don't really need to say the W's anymore. Here's your story. It's BigNoonSports.com. Hit that, hit listen, and you can hear us every day from noon until 2. Joining us from his 75-foot yacht right there on Old River is Mick Gillespie. Mick, it's Matt and Christian. Lars has the day off. How are you today? Yeah, I'd love to have a boat like that, but doing well. Something's better than nothing. Christian asked if you just, <laughs> yeah. Christian asked if you just, do you live on your boat? I would if I could. Well, you know what? I've seen people that live on those houseboats or some of those big yachts. I, I honestly, I just have a, you know, a, a modest fishing vessel. But, you know, uh, I, I was hanging out with the guys from the next round yesterday and uh, at the Floribama and they, they, you know, had some connections, and we were out on like a fifty-foot boat with four engines and Pirates Cove, and here and there, and it was really great. I, I thought, you know, if I could just kind of make the money that you guys make, I'd be able to afford something like this. Huh. I think the boat cost a million and a half, so <laughs> that would have been really awesome to have. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, those those big ones like that, you get out there when they have a crew. And it's not like I've oh, done yeah. this often, but it's it's some kind of special. I went out on one uh, compliments of the Floribama free plug, uh, and it had like six bedrooms, six bathrooms. I mean, this thing it's bigger than any house I've ever owned. I'll tell you that. All right, Mick, let's jump to sports. What did you think of the basketball game last night? Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, I got to admit, I had to turn the game off there towards the end for a second because I, I just couldn't watch any more of it. You know, Auburn was just taking it to Alabama. Bama couldn't shoot. Uh, I, I didn't think they played with a lot of energy. And then, um, you know, uh, and I looked back at the score, and then I turned it right back on, and then there was a little bit of a scuffle. I liked that energy, and I didn't think that it was anything too bad, you know, guys got kicked out but it, it seemed to bring the boys fire and then after that they just absolutely tore it up and um I, I just love the way that this team fights I mean I, I thought for sure they were going to get killed and they were down the, late in the game and then they just came back I mean it's been such a weird season they've had so many different things they've had to deal with uh, but they've stuck together and, and they play hard and they're, this has really been one of the best years I can ever think of, uh, for basketball. And last night was kind of the way that you would want to win a SEC championship, do it over Auburn, break their heart. Uh, Bruce Pearl, you know, as much as I do respect and like him, I mean, I think he's changed basketball in Alabama. I've laughed over his postgame press conference probably 15 times today. I, I've enjoyed watching it. Uh, I love when he slams the headset down. Uh, I love his passion and his fire. Um, you know, and I think that's what makes this rivalry all of a sudden has become one of the best in college basketball. So all in all, you know, the guys played so hard yesterday uh, when they didn't have it. They figured out a way to go on that incredible run at the end of the game. And although I tuned out for maybe a minute or two just because I was just so frustrated watching it, I didn't want to see him lose to Auburn. Um, I guess I should have had the kind of, I should have had more heart like David, I, you know, so I, I feel like I let the team down a little bit yesterday. Mick, is there any concern you have with the team right now, uh, with their late struggles with, with shooting the ball? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, Christian, I got a lot of – I don't know what this team's going to do in the postseason. I mean, you know, when they shoot the ball, when they hit the threes, they're so good because they play defense and they're deep and they have so many different answers. Uh, but but honestly, I mean, having the star player in, in Miller, I mean, that's the difference between where I think they were two years ago when they won the SEC. I didn't feel like they had that superstar player. Now they have it, you know. Um so hopefully, like I keep saying this, you know, hopefully this team's going to kind of click and get back on, you know, on all cylinders again. I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the Final Four. I'll probably pick them to go to the Final Four, or maybe win it in my bracket. I'm sure I'll have some brackets with Alabama winning. But I w- also wouldn't be surprised if they lost, you know, Sweet 16 or something because they just keep flirting with danger. You know, they, they almost lost to South Carolina. They almost lost to Arkansas. They almost lost to Auburn. You know, this game against Texas A&M is going to be one that if I was gambling, I, w- I would pick against them. Uh, picked against, would have picked against them last night, and, and they didn't cover. You know, so I'm kind of waiting to see if if they can get through this shooting struggle because I really feel like that's all it is. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of a few of these guys getting hot to compliment Brandon Miller, and then everything could be what we want it to be, and that's, an incredible run in the tournament. Hey, is Auburn in? Uh, I, I hope so. You know, I really do. Uh, I, I think that if Auburn gets in, it, it shows that the SEC is a conference that they're taking seriously. Uh, you know, the two games that uh, against Alabama were two really, really good games. Um, as much as I've been laughing about Bruce Pearl and, you know, the whole post-game press conference, uh, I do like him, you know, and I like to have, the, I like the fact that we have a real legitimate basketball rivalry. I grew up watching Maryland and Duke. And, and the last couple of years, you know, the last three years be with Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl kind of reminds me of Gary Williams and, and Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, these have been really fun, hard-fought games. Um, with that said, uh, I think Auburn re- needs to beat Tennessee uh, because I think if they lose, they're, they're not in. I know we mentioned the shooting struggles, but is there anything else you notice or that you feel the team could improve upon uh, before they head into the tournament? Uh, energy at, at times, you know, like especially the way that they're starting games right now. You know, it just feels like, and, and I think part of that has to do with, with the fact that they have struggled from three. But I feel like the energy in these games early has put them in a spot where they've had to come from behind. And then you get into these tournament games and you have longer timeouts. You're not going to tire teams down. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to, hey, it's, you know how watching those games are. It's like every second there's a timeout. And, you know, so the other team's got a little bit more air at the end of the game. You know, so your depth maybe isn't as, as important as it is right now. So I think that Alabama's just got to get back on track and kind of jump out the way they did in some of the games, like the one they had against Vanderbilt or, uh, you know, in some of the other ones where you've watched and been like, man, this team, I wouldn't want to play these guys right now. I think that's the biggest thing to me. Um, but I, honestly, I... It's hard to really sit here and and critique these guys and say, hey, you know, like like yesterday, I thought, you know, they're they're ahead, they take a three point shot, 
where they could have ran the clock down and made it tougher on Auburn, give the ball right back. I miss a three, you know, and I'm like, uh, maybe not a really a smart play there. But then again, you know, like that's kind of their style that, that, that they're going to they're going to keep shooting and, and play to the end. And, and uh, you know, they, they're, they're going to take a shot if they have it. And so um, I, they, I think they just got to be themselves. Uh, I just think that if they can get out a little bit faster, that would be the thing that would, to me, make them a team to fear going into this tournament. Mick Gillespie is our guest right here on Big Noon Sports. Uh, how glad are Alabama fans uh, that Javon Quinterly decided to stick around another year? And is there a chance he might go for a sixth year? Yeah, look, I heard Nate Oates talking about this. Um, Quinterly was set to leave last year, and then he had the injury. Uh, how about the game he had yesterday? And 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 he, you can tell Unreal. he's kind of starting to. Yeah, he's starting to come into his own now. Uh, and, and, and when you have an injury like he did, um, you get back out there, you do all the things you got to do. Uh, even if it's not, you're still not pained by it, sometimes it, it, it's just, there's a process to getting comfortable, to getting really getting back to 100%, and then trusting you know, that you're not going to get hurt again. Um, I think that's the toughest part. I tore a groin one time, and uh, I was afraid you know, for a little while that it would happen again because it was such a painful injury. Uh, and then eventually you just forget that it's, that it's there and you just keep going. So I think it's good for Alabama. Uh, actually, I think it's great for Alabama. And then the way that Nate Oates goes out and recruits, he can build a roster in one year. Uh, and after the way that these Auburn games have gone and the, the recruiting class that Bruce Pearl has coming in and knowing that next year is going to be Another year where these two are going to go at it. Uh, and like I said, just an awesome rivalry. I, I, I'm glad it's coming back because Bama's going to need it. Mick, I, I want to uh, shift gears to football real quick. Um, Charlie Strong has just been named a, a new analyst. He's returning back to Alabama. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what do you feel like that's signifying in terms of the staff Coach Saban is assembling right now? You know, Christian, every time... I, I, I hear about one of these guys who I think are the, the elite, old-school defensive guys, Kevin Steele or Will Muschamp or, uh, you know, Pru Jeremy Pruitt, you know, uh, Charlie Strong. When, I, when I'm hearing that, you know, I'm reading that he's not, he's not happy at Miami, I'm always like, hey, bring him back to Bama. Bring him back to Bama. You can't have enough experience when it comes to guys like this that have been there, done that, um, that can motivate players that can evaluate talent that can recruit. If that's what he's asked to do, um, you know, he, he, he probably should be the defensive coordinator at Miami. They decided not to do that. So he's coming back to Alabama. I think that is a great pickup for the Crimson Tide. Uh, as usual, we try and keep you about half an hour. You got another 15 minutes in you there, Mick? Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. I got I got to ask you about the pitch clock. Uh, also, when we come back, you will hear the postgame comments from Bruce Pearl that Mick referenced just moments ago on Big Noon Sports.
From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hired Nate Oates, and now they have two of the best coaches in the country. You know, so uh, what used to be something that a lot of us didn't pay any attention to, now uh, you want to watch every single game. And uh, not just when these two teams play, but any game that Alabama plays is uh, worth watching. And, um, you know, Auburn fans feel the same way. So I've been laughing. I'm, I think it's funny. I love when he uh, yells joke and then, like, slams the headset down. I've even seen the video of it. But at the same time, I know that uh, they're going to be back. And, um, you know, he's going to want to do more crane kicks and grab brooms next year. So we're going to have to keep our game up. <laughs> Mick, I know you can't predict the future, but how likely do you feel it is that Alabama's basketball program can uh, sustain the success that they're having right now? Good question. Uh, Yeah, look, I'm concerned about the arena. Uh, I've heard all different reasons why it's not happening or why it hasn't happened or, you know, what happened with the money. Um, I know Nate Oates has paid well. The, and it looked like a, like the environment was great last night, but it's a big place. It's you know when I used to do basketball for CTSN and I traveled to all the gyms in the league, it was probably amongst the worst two or three. I mean, it, it just is, you know. So, wow. I think over the long you know over the the, the long haul, they're going to have to replace that arena. But with, as long as as Nate there. I think that Alabama will be competitive and, you know, they've, they've made the buyout a lot, you know, so if the team wants to get them, they're going to have to pay. Maybe they'll be good for a long time. I hope so. I mean, look, think about the last three years. I mean, two SEC championships in a really tough conference and, um, and, and a high level of uh, recruiting and everything else, you know, maybe they, they can keep it going. I hope so. But I, 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 I wouldn't say, Hey, I'm, I'm, positive that it could happen but i feel like uh as long as nate oates is there you, you have a chance mick uh most important question i'm going to ask all day uh how many traffic lights are there between 15th and mcfarland on hackberry oh <laughs> yeah i said 247 sure, earlier yeah make sure you stop at all of them too you know, be be ready oh, when they're not on a timer. You know, like you, uh, I, I at least when you're downtown, like they have all those lights, but they kind of have them on a timer. So if you hit it they're in right, sync. yeah, 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 you can get through it. You know, um, but that's not the case over there. You know, you if, if you hit it wow. wrong, you're in traffic lights for thirty minutes. And, and I'm an old guy with prostate issues, so I had to stop twice just on Hackberry. Okay, that's a little bit too much information. I want to wrap it up by asking you something that Chris and I were talking about earlier, uh, how cool it is when you cut down the nets. Uh, it's a special part of all sports. You know, I, I compared it to lifting the Stanley Cup, and the captain skates around the ice with it hoisted above his head. Christian brought up a great one. Um, about the the three tiers at the Olympics, given the gold, the silver, and the bronze. And I just thought of another one. Uh, when the defending Masters champ puts the green jacket oh. on the just that. That's a good what, one, Matt. That was good. Yeah. I, I'm kind of – thank you, Chris. I'm kind of proud of that one. Hey, what, what ranks up there among those type of celebrations in, in the eyes of Mick Gillespie? 
Hey, look, I, I was watching the game last night, and I was at I, I was at the game in uh, 2002 when they won their last championship and you know clinched it in in Coleman Coliseum. I remember the team cutting the nuts down, and I didn't think that it was going to take that long for it to happen again at home. You know, I mean, look, they they broke the the, the drought two years ago, and then that one. So that ranks up there. It's really cool watching a team cut the nets down and all the different people that get a piece of that net that they'll have for the rest of their life. Uh, drinking a beer out of the Stanley Cup would be pretty awesome for me. I mean, I, yeah. I think that would be great. You know, pass the Stanley Cup around. I'm not a huge hockey guy. Um, you know, a World Series parade, you know, that would be pretty cool and kind of being able yeah, to, to voice stuff that. Yeah, yeah, the hoist up the trophy when the Cubs did it in 2016. You know, they had, what, 6 million people there. You know, think about how cool that is. But I, I think winning a championship at, at any level is memorable. And I think that that's, it, it's, it's a great experience. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even the golf, like the, the one Masters guy, I, I like all of those things. I don't know which one ranks up there to me higher. Um, maybe the World Series, but... Um, I mean, hell, man, watch, watch it at Alabama and Nick Saban hold up all those national championships. I mean, I've been at, at, on the field when it's happened and all the confetti coming down. And, you know, and, and I mean, yes, I think I've done that five times. I mean, Christian, you know that firsthand. You're standing on the stage. I mean, it's it's incredible, like, to, you know, to, to, to be part of that, to hear, to, to see the, you know, the coach speak and the, and the excitement and the sense of accomplishment. Um, I, I think that's awesome too. And I mean, being a, a, a huge college football fan, you know, maybe I'm going to rank that up there, right there with the World Series. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, nothing better than the feeling of that confetti falling and hoisting that trophy, and then just everybody up there and on or around the stage. Man, there's no better feeling. Obviously, I'm biased here, but uh, man. I absolutely love that feeling. A hey, quick question, Mick. Um, the the combine is going on right now. Some guys um, from Alabama have already said they're not going to be performing on uh, their on-field workout. But is there anybody in particular um, that you're, you know, excited to see um, out at the combine? You know, specifically from Alabama. I think they have a you know record setting 13 guys there right now. Um, so is, is there anybody out of that bunch that that you think um, could help? You know, obviously they all can improve, but anybody that comes to mind that you think can really display some of their athleticism at the combine and, and, and make some money? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's a really good question. You know, we focused a lot on Bryce Young not doing the combine, you know, and, mm -hmm. and me thinking like, I, you know, I don't care if he's five foot ten and a half. I still think he's the number one pick and he's the best player that we've ever seen come through at quarterback at Alabama. And I think he'll translate that, uh, you know, into the NFL. And that, and that, you know, if you pass him up, you're taking a risk of, of missing out on a guy that could be the next big franchise quarterback. Um, how? Let me ask you that question. Who do you think would be the guy that would be most impressive? Jameer Gibbs, maybe? I mean, just because he's so good and athletic? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I would say Jameer Gibbs for sure, but I think a guy like – Brian Branch, who's really come on strongly towards the end of the yeah. season, I think he's going to test extremely well. His tape um, is phenomenal. You're talking about a guy who's an outstanding tackler, great leader, can uh, line up inside and out on the back end. 
Um, I, I think he's going to uh, test very well and impress a lot of people, and I think it's going to further solidify him in that first-round conversation. But, yeah, I also do like Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, everybody is really excited about his potential, being able to move all around and, and his um, dynamic ability on the football field. Um, so I would say, yeah, those two guys for sure. But I wouldn't be surprised, too, if uh, maybe a guy like Cam Latu, you know, I mean, he's had success at the yeah. tight end position, but – I know he's a great athlete because he actually started out as a linebacker with me. I mean, I, I was the, the vet in the outside linebacker room with him. Really? As, yeah, he was wow. a freshman outside linebacker, and he's like a little brother to me. And then to see him transition to tight end, the offensive side of the football, something that he wasn't really you know comfortable doing at first. He used to talk to me about it. And then to see him now, he's excelling at it. You know, set a tight end record, I believe, at Alabama. Um, it's, it's really awesome to see. So I, I think he also could earn him a little more cheese at the combine as well if he ends up you know performing – um, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that I think he's possible, uh, that is possible for him. So, yeah, those would be my three. Yeah, look, Brian Branch, uh, I think okay. he's, like, amazing. Yeah. I, I think Brian Branch is going to be somebody's biggest steal in this draft. I agree. I really, If you'd asked me a year ago, I would put my money on, on Jordan Battle. Uh, but now it's, now it's on Branch. Although, hey, Battle ain't bad, by the way. Uh, all right, um, Mick and all the listeners now – we're going to challenge Christian Miller. Latu on our show tomorrow. Okay. I can't, that's a cool story that he was a linebacker when you were a senior. That's excellent. Oh, yeah. So, you're trying to get Cam on the show tomorrow, okay? He might be busy at the combine, hey, Mick, but thank you. worst case, we'll get him afterwards. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Okay. How about if we give you till next week? Yeah, that, that'll work. Is that all right? I, get, I got you covered. Okay. <laughs> Mick, you're the best, man. Thank you again, and always uh, joining us week to week. We appreciate it very much. All right. Talk to you guys next week. See you now. Thanks, Mick. All right. I think it's like overcast and cloudy down at the beach. I don't know that for certain, but it didn't sound like he was on his boat. Did it to you, Christian? No, nah, it was a little more quiet. He might have uh, might have actually been on land for once. Well, that's a switch. Oh, hey, we got big happy birthdays coming up on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy through tonight. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers or thunderstorms. The high today, 77. Tonight's low, 64. Very windy tomorrow. Thunderstorms during the morning. Those storms could be severe. Clearing by afternoon, the high, 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter. Lars is in class. He's teaching today at the uh, University of Alabama. He's a journalism professor there. Hey, uh, I th- thank you to Josh Smith because he just uh, he texts us all. Beebs is 88. Gene, I don't like this. Stallings turns 88 today. Um, that makes me feel old, but also very blessed. I want to ask you, Christian, I was very fortunate to cover all of his years at the University of Alabama, and 92 was a special, special deal for a lot of folks. 
But uh, did were you ever around Stallings? Did he ever come to practice? Did you see him? Did you meet him? Not that I remember, honestly, man. I think he attended. You know, they honored him um, at halftime or pregame, um, possibly. Uh, but I, I don't think I really got to spend time with him, no. Um, remarkable man. Uh, if you think I'm old and old school, you ought to be around Gene Stallings. Uh, the the man, he's a man's man. And uh, up until recently, he's had a couple of mild strokes. Uh, he was on his tractor on his farm in uh, Texas. I think it's Paris, Texas, that sound right? But uh, I'll tell you a quick story on Gene Stallings. Uh, it was the it was the game leading up to the Sugar Bowl when Alabama beat Miami when many people thought they had no chance. Gene Stallings did something that Coach Bryant did. Before bowl games, he had a breakfast with all the members of the media. He would get a big, long ballroom-like area in the host hotel, and they'd serve breakfast. But you could not bring your camera, your pen, your paper, your microphone. It was all off the record. And that's back in the day when people respected that. And, and we all did. But I'm going to break that. I'm going to break that trust right now, okay? So don't call beeps on me, Christian, all right? All right. Uh, I'm, I ended up sitting right next to him at the end of the table. And, you know, we're all talking, and people are asking questions that, you know, Stallings is going to answer, and it's never going to leave that room. But I've told this before, and I've also related to Jay and talked to him about it on air. But I was sitting next to Gene Stallings, and, you know, we're just, you know, we're literally just uh, shooting the bull. And I turned to Gene, and I said, because Barker every year had to earn his starting position. Every single year they go into spring, and Gene says this. He's trying to find somebody that... Nobody could win like Jay. Uh, but I said, uh, Coach, uh, how's Jay, uh, and how's it been coaching him? And he goes, Matt, i tell you what. Is, it, is that a good gene or a bad gene? i tell you one thing. He said, um, when Jay Barker drops back to pass, I don't know if he's going to throw it straight into the turf or in the second row of stands. And I just... I don't know. That was hysterical. But Jay could throw for 281 yards and lead Alabama to a comeback in Georgia. Then he could throw for 12 yards, and Alabama beat the you-know-what out of Miami. So there's my Gene Stallings story, and happy 88th to just a really, really class Southern gentleman. All right, Christian, what's your assignment now for next week? we got to get a... My guy Cam Latu on here. I'll, I'll definitely work on that. But you know who actually agreed to come on here? I ran into him in Tuscaloosa. This is obviously a special place like you were alluding to earlier, Matt, because I ran into crazy Tony, Tony Brown, uh, a couple days ago here really? in Tuscaloosa. Yep, and we uh, we caught up for a little bit. Man, it was so nice to see him. But long story short, he said he would love to come on the show. So I'm going to call him up here. Maybe maybe we could try tomorrow, see if he's free. Maybe tomorrow, yeah, maybe sometime next week. But, uh, yeah, he said he'd love to be on here. Uh, great stuff from Tuscaloosa. Thank you, Christian. Yes, See sir. you soon. See you, Matt. How about tomorrow?